0: The reading is taken from 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Uh,
1: Let's pray. Father, may we be known as those who continuously are enlarging our hearts to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I need to start with a little comment that I have to be very, very careful because uh, Vashti on Monday and Tuesday uh, was in Taunton with the children. They looked at uh, some schools um, and uh, we're very glad to hear that um, Raphael and Chiara have a school, a primary school, so that's great news. Uh, And we're waiting to hear from a secondary school, but we might have some inside knowledge of a possible uh, opening, but we have to wait. Um, But also I heard that uh, uh, certainly one of the church warden in Taunton is actually listening to my preaching. So I have to be very careful, otherwise they might change their minds. (laughs) So uh, Ruth, if you listen, you know, in in a few hours to my preaching, um, I hope it's all right. There we go. You'll be, so all right. Did you hear that, Ruth? They said I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, on the 9th of July 1893, uh, a man called uh, Daniel Hale Williams, uh, for the first time in uh, the history of America, uh, successfully um, did an open-heart surgery, so that's uh, more than hundred years ago. Um, there we go, you it should, it should have the picture coming up. There we go, that's him, uh, and that's his patient. Now, the name of his uh, patient uh, was James Cornish. And the hospital where the surgery took place was called uh, Provident Hospital in Chicago. What's extraordinary, I think, about this uh, doctor, the surgeon uh, and the patient is actually uh, Dr. Daniel opened that hospital and it was the first non-segregated hospital in America. And that's why this man, who was from an an African descendant, was able to uh, be looked after by this surgeon and where the first successful open-heart surgery happened. Now, Dr. Williams um, was himself from an African-American background, and he continued to help that community by founding an associate nursing school for African-Americans. And reflecting on his life, um, I thought not only was he the first man to successfully uh, perform that open-heart surgery, but he was a man who lived with an open heart. He was a man... Who dare be different in his time and open that hospital that was open to everyone, welcoming everyone in America. And so as Christians like this doctor and like Paul in our reading, we are called as Christians to live with hearts that are wide open. Or at least we are called to enlarge our hearts because we know it's a journey. It's a journey to learn to enlarge our hearts. And so today we're going to look at um, three things. First, what are the marks of someone who lives with a heart wide open and looking at the life of Paul? Um, Why we should live like that or the reason um, to have an open heart towards each other? And then what can get in the way or the obstacle? Last week we had a nice... Uh, three P's uh, from uh, Dan. If you were uh, listening to, uh, uh, if you were here and listening to the preaching, um, and um, I think it was a new perspective as Christian, a new purpose, um, and also a new progress. That's, um, unfortunately I wasn't uh, able to find such a nice ways of putting things. So I have M for maintenance, uh, M for marks, R for reasons and O for obstacle, and if you work uh, in in the area of maintenance and repair, that's M-R-O, maintenance, repair, and operations. There we go, maybe you will remember. Maintenance, repair, that's the best I could come up with. But let's start with um, what does it mean to have a big love, to live in the power of having a heart wide open. And let's start with the marks. Paul, um, if you look at um, the whole letters of Paul, there are two letters, possibly there were about four, we think, so we are missing two. But he really loved uh, the people in Corinth. Um, And he really had a hard time with them because on the one hand, he wanted them to grow and to grasp uh, what the gospel meant for living. And on the other hand, he had to uh, face with a lot of problems in that church. But here, he speaks of two ways in which he demonstrated his love. And he said, With you, I've always been open. Open in my communication, in my speaking. I have spoke freely to you and open in my heart. So it's the best I could go with a heart and an open kind of mouth, you know, kind of open speaking. I thought it was a bit cheesy, but at 8.45, I said, oh, it's a great picture of how we should be, you know. Arms wide open. Open in our communication, sharing freely with one another, and open in our hearts. And we find that in verse 11, if you have your Bible, on page 1097. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. His heart was expanding, but their hearts were shrinking. So what does it mean to have uh, an open communication? Well, you could see in this passage that um, Paul was uh, happy to to share his hardship and his troubles and his questions, his feelings, his problems. And when we do that in a church, that's always a mark of love. We can do that in ourselves. We open ourselves. Uh, ourselves to one another and we share we can do that when we come to the cross to ask for prayer we had uh, an evening of testimonies and uh, those who came forward were kind of in a vulnerable position but they shared of their life and their struggles and how God held them through it that's a mark of love to be open to one another We experience that at our ministry leadership team when we always start with sharing how we're doing, and at our staff team, and among clergy. And so I encourage you to grow in that. If you haven't joined a cell, maybe join a cell where you could have this space to share a little bit of your life and to grow and open your hearts to one another. But then also for Paul, he had no favoritism. He included the whole congregation. He did not merely love the nice people among them, or try to be nice to everyone. No, when he had something hard to say, he did say it for the love of the people. He loved them all, the difficult ones, the ones who were struggling, the hard-to-get-along ones, the challenging ones. And of course, when we live together in a church, uh, that's also a reality. And we will look at some of those obstacles that uh, we can face that can shrink our love for one another. But Paul continued to love. And in that amazing series, we see uh, in verse 4 the hardship and the troubles and the distress he has been through because of the gospel and because of his love for the church. Um, Beatings and imprisonments. He was working hard, sometimes going through nights without sleep, sometimes without even food, remaining kind and patient while being a person of integrity, in truthful speech and in the power of God. And of course, when you speak truth, sometimes it's hard to hear. And sometimes as Christians, we need to have those kind of very difficult conversations with one another when we need to grow And so that's why he said, sometimes I spoke and I know I spoke the truth and sometimes it was glorious because people were receiving and growing and changing but sometimes um, people reject that. And then that's why he used dishonor or shamed. Recognized for who we were or not recognized. In good report or bad report. Known yet... Some people would say, who are those people? They're not worth knowing. But Paul was full of love for his church and for the gospel. And those were the evidence. He endured hardship. He spoke the truth in love. And he was a person of integrity. So much for the marks. Why? Why? What are the reasons to enlarge our hearts? Well, the first reason is not in our passage, but it's kind of the obvious reason that when we opened ourselves to God, He placed us in a family. And we are now brothers and sisters. We are part of God's family. We are walking together to a common future. Jesus is our leader, is the head, and we belong to each other. And as we belong to each other, we need to open ourselves to each other too. And why we should do that, secondly, is because it's been a free gift. One of the most uh, famous verse in uh, the New Testament comes from Ephesians that says, it is by grace, by God's gift that you have been saved through faith. It's not something that came from yourself. It was the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. And then in Romans 5, uh, at the right time, while we were still powerless, or still godless, or still without God, Jesus died for us. And It says, you know, some people can maybe uh, die for a righteous person, or a good person, take his place. But while we were still far away, it's still sinners, Christ died for us. And then it continues with what we've received. We've received peace with God. We've been justified. We are being saved from judgment. We've been reconciled. And when we experience that love, we can't keep it to ourselves. We have to share it. If you try to remember um, those who are uh, married uh, or in relationship the first time, that you know, oh, this is the person where you felt love. It was just natural to love in return. You love back when you are loved. You don't say, oh, what a wonderful feeling. I hope the person will just love me more and I don't need to do anything. No, you reciprocate, reciprocate. That's a, there we go, a new word, reciprocate. (laughs) Love must respond, and so we must open ourselves to one another. Those are the two main reasons. We belong together as a family and we've been loved by God. And so we bring that love uh, as a response to each other. But what are some of those obstacles? Some of those obstacles. And I thought of three here, um, which was part of the dynamic in Corinthians. uh, Personality clashes. Um, They had leaders in the church and Um, they were not very happy with with, with Paul. They felt uh, he was not a good leader. And there were personality clashes there. And then there was jealousy, uh, possibly also from those leaders who were maybe jealous of Paul's ministry. And then there were uh, possible disappointments, or maybe hurts, because of what Paul had to say in his letters. So let's start with personality. Personality and let's think about ourselves and our church. Now, it's natural to prefer people with certain personality traits. That's kind of the natural way. We uh, usually have a tendency to um, make room for those who are a little bit similar to us. Um, and uh, And it's very difficult to be in the same place with people who are very different. So if we are reserved, maybe it's very difficult for us to interact with someone who's maybe more blunt and, you know, more straightforward. Um, I know that Belgium are like that, so if I've uh, uh, hurt anyone with a bit my bluntness and my directness, uh, I really, really uh, apologize uh, for that. But that's what we bring, and that's the kind of the richness we bring with us. Uh, but, of course, if we just stay in a clique or in our little group, then we don't live... The resurrected life. Because God calls us not to a natural life, but to a supernatural life. And so Jesus says, if you love those who love you, well, what credit is that to you? That's nothing special. Anyone can do that. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Anyone can do that. And so Jesus goes much, much further. He said, love your enemies. Do good to them. Because then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. And we do that, it says, because our Father is a merciful Father. And so we should be also full of grace and mercy to the point of loving even our enemies. I hope that's not what we have in our church. I don't think we um, have enemies, although sometimes it feels like that. And I must confess, and I think we all go through those stages that God put us in a situation where there is someone, someone in that group, we just can't stand for whatever reason. And sometimes it feels so irrational, but it's there. And instead of focusing on that, um, we need to say, what does it say about myself? What is God doing in me? I remember um, I had to... Um, uh, fight with that, and that's kind of uh, move on to the next one, the jealousy. Uh, when I was in operational mobilization for one year, it's a little bit like uh, youth with a mission, um, and, uh, and um, I was going through a, a, a tough time. When you're in close group, that's where you realize there is lots of work that God still needs to do, that God still needs to do a lot in you. And you realize that you thought you loved others, but actually, you need God's grace to really love others. And in that group, there was someone, everything was, or it looks to me, everything uh, was working for him. And I was struggling. And I started becoming jealous. Jealous that, um, of what he was doing. Jealous of the position he was getting. Jealous that he was chosen and not me. And it was hard to work on that jealousy but that's what we are called to do. And one way to start doing that is just to be honest with ourselves and to open ourselves to God. And then finally, it could be that... Oh, that's you know, about jealousy, that's it. That's, that's on the top, yeah. I saw that his plants was bigger than mine. That's why I was jealous. That he had the cookies and the Coca-Cola and when I had to eat an apple and some fruit juice. Yeah, but that, that's how we feel sometimes, when we start comparing with one another. Yeah. Maybe it's di- disappointment or hurts. Maybe someone said something to us and, uh, and it hurt it, and it hurt. Um, maybe it's real wor- hurt, you know, it was wrong, and then we need to come to that person and, 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 and work it out. Uh, Or maybe we just imagine, because we didn't really want to hear it. We didn't really want to hear it. Or maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe we needed to hear it and the other person didn't say it in maybe the best way possible. But still, we are called to open our hearts, to open ourselves, to keep those communication flowing as a body of Christ. The Corinthians felt that Paul had slighted them and there were resentment there. They felt that he had dealt with them unfairly and they were shrinking their hearts. Sometimes, as Christians, we will have difficult conversations with one another because love sometimes means um, showing someone else a pitfall, a danger, issuing a warning. Sometimes it's helping someone to realign That's what we call correcting. Sometimes we might challenge a decision or a behavior, and that's hard, and that's hard, and it feels maybe unloving. But that's what Paul did with the Corinthians. He held them, seeing the pitfalls. He corrected their wrong thinking or behavior. He challenged some of their behavior. And because of that, they were shrinking their hearts. So, what could be the way ahead? Should come the next one. There we go, the way ahead. Well, as I said, um, like what I experienced at um, Operation Mobilization, is to be honest with yourself. To think, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? And to bring it in prayer. And then I think one of the things we can do is to start seeing the person we struggle with through God's eyes. To start putting this person into God's future. And to start rejoicing in what God is already doing in that person's life. Not wanting that person to be there, but start rejoicing in what uh, God is doing already in that person's life instead of focusing on the thing which would justify me keeping my uh, barriers up I can start focusing on God and how he sees the person and then I can pray pray for them Um, I have put a title there, maybe on top we could say people I have excluded from my heart but don't show that to anyone you know, my list might be long you know (laughs) But um, pray for them. That God will help us to enlarge our hearts. That God will help us to do that. So today we are reminded to live with hearts that are wide open. And to share our lives with one another. Uh, Paul opened his heart saying, Look, this is the kind of person I've been. This is what I went through for your own sake. There was no smoking Uh, screening or pretending he spoke plainly and showed his heart we looked at why we are called to live that way and the kind of obstacle that uh, might be uh, might need to um, um, get over so the way ahead starts with honesty courage and prayer so let's remember that god came to us with a heart and arms wide open. Those who are following him are called to live with the same open heart which actually will free us and will transform his church. Let's pray. Father, we are here because of your love and your spirit is there. To transform us. Help us to see one another with your eyes. Enlarge our hearts. And Lord, when the new person will come, may it uh, or he or she find this church with a big heart, a large heart, ready to welcome he or her in that new ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.